0: Welcome to The Howler, your look at the state of Wolfpack
1: Athletics.
0: Now here are your hosts, Ethan Barry and Thomas Overton. Welcome back another week, another edition of The Howler, Ethan Berry, Thomas Overton. Alongside you once again this week. Thomas, we're doing this on a Tuesday afternoon for a change. Usually we're... In here on a, uh, what, Tuesday Either Tuesday or, or Wednesday, like late,
1: you know, 8.39, yeah. the sun's still out. So and as soon as I get to go home, this time I'll get to stay
0: home. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, but big week for NC State basketball. I, I didn't even think about the fact that there really hasn't been much going on. We talked about last week how there was so much going on um, with the football team. And uh, they made a couple hires uh, this week. Um, to the coaching staff. But other than that, not really a lot going on. So this is going to be primarily basketball. Um, And I think we'd be doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't start with the women's basketball Oh, definitely,
1: yeah. Still undefeated, uh, great game they played last week, you know. Uh, They were able to come back, win in overtime, show their resilience. Like you knew teams in the ACC are good. You're not going to breeze by anybody in the ACC and then especially come March. Uh, So to
0: be able to show that, come back and win in overtime, they're doing a great job. Yeah, Virginia Tech – I want to say they started out 13 and 0, and then they're now they're 0 and 5 in the ACC, so they're 13 and 5. Wow, that's pretty brutal. So uh, they were a good test for State, um, and like you said, State was able to win in overtime. It got kind of ugly towards the end of regulation, but I mean, when you're missing your number one scorer, uh, Grace Hunter, she's out for the year, and uh, Kayla Ely would have been your starting point guard. That's two of your <clears throat> better players right there. You're going to have to win games ugly. That's just how it is. Um, And then, obviously, Armani Hawkins is also done for the year. Uh, So that's pretty much three of your six guards are out for the year. So you're going to have to win games ugly, and um, uh, that's what State did. And and State's set up well to do that because the staple of Westmore's teams have been defense, and State's number one in the ACC in defense right now. Uh, So another good win for them. They've got Clemson (coughs) on Thursday night but the lone uh, undefeated team in college basketball, Yeah, right? that's extremely impressive. I mean,
1: Michigan and Virginia men's both fell on Saturday. Set leaves the state woman, the only Division One team undefeated in all of basketball. A great accomplishment. You know, three players out for the season that, you know, you could have seen that and thought, well, we're almost done. You know, obviously three players have significant time in normal games. And so for them to continue what they're doing and find ways to win, you know, you've got to find – new players to score and all this different stuff. So a lot of different things are going to have to happen, but still uh, they're on the right track obviously. So,
0: I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but yeah. we'll see what happens once the uh, the schedule ramps up a little bit. There's right. be, uh, a road trip to Florida State and Syracuse uh, in a couple weeks, and they've got Notre Dame at home and Louisville on the road. Those will be the biggest tests of the year, but I, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. It's going to be so tough without your leading scorer uh, right. and Kayla Ely as well, and um, so we'll see what they can do. But uh, regardless of what happens, it's been a great year so far, and I mean, even at a minimum, you expect this team to finish top four in the ACC and and probably a Sweet Sixteen trip at minimum. Right, and that's that's just so impressive, um, based on what they've dealt with dealt with this year. Uh, but now we can shift over to basketball, big win for the pack over Notre Dame. Um, what was your What was your immediate takeaway from that one? Yeah, you know, you obviously got to look right at
1: C.J. Bryce, the way he was able to score the ball. And you knew Braxton playing mostly point guard, of course, Markell wasn't going to play again. You know, he's not going to be able to score and distribute effectively, I don't think. He can't do both uh, like State needs to do if they're going to win. So he was really a role-player distributor, you know, handled the ball, didn't turn it over. Uh, that opened up a lot of things. C.J. Bryce gets to move to the two position instead of playing the three, which I feel like when Markel and Braxton play, C.J. Bryce bumped down to the three. Mm-hmm. And without Markell, he's able to move up to the two, which is really a good scoring position, I think, for him. He's got good size for the two. You know, five for five from deep, uh, he stepped it up a big way. And if, if he can can, can can sorry continue to get that productivity out of C.J. Bryce, uh, some teams better watch out for him, so.
0: Yeah, I agree. It was a gutsy win, Yeah. and, and I talked last week. Well, actually, I'll, I'll talk about C.J. Bryce here first. I thought State put him at the at the point late in the game, and I'm not so sure that that's not State something State should do more headed forward because I think Braxton Beverly just struggles to score too much when he's playing the point because it's hard for him to get into a rhythm shooting-wise, and he's State's best shooter by far, right. and State needs him in that rhythm. Um, so I wonder, maybe you put C.J. Bryce at the point and leave Braxton Beverly at the two. Not the whole game, obviously, but um, at points. I wonder if that's not... I thought that was what happened at the end of the game, and I wonder if that's not something that uh, happens again. But yeah, it was it was a gutsy win on the road, uh, like I was saying, and I talked last week about State playing better, and I don't think State played great, but I thought they played better. I thought it was a step in the right direction. I mean... State obviously wasn't a blowout, but State was winning the game the whole way Right. without your starting point guard on the road in the ACC.
1: Yeah, I think they definitely played better, you know, like you said, without point guard, road game in the ACC. And it's not, it's not like they were ever winning by 12, 15 points like it was a blowout, but it, I felt like they had control of the game. They played yeah. the game they wanted to play the entire way. And when you got to the end, you're like, well, State's been winning by six, eight points the whole second half. You know, you just feel like they're going to come away with the win and got a few – Some solid free throws, you know,
0: possessions where I thought they needed to score and they did that well. Um, Yeah. No, I I agree. And, you know, anytime you win, coaches like to say, anytime you can win on the road in the ACC, you you love it, you know, no matter how well you play. But I thought it was a step in the right direction. And um, we'll see if they can uh, keep it going. Uh, Moving forward, um, some other takeaways – from the game. I thought Devin Daniels down the stretch at the line was, was huge. Um and, and DJ Thunderbrook really continues to play well as all <coughs> as well. Um and the and the other thing I wanna talk about before we move on to the Louisville game is the free throws. I know State won the game. Right. But we got to be fair and say we can't just complain about the free throws when State loses. Right. The differential, I believe State had eight free throws until the final minute, minute and a half Yeah. when Notre Dame was fouling. Right. And so Devin Daniels was the only starter throughout the whole game that even attempted a foul shot. And what was the final free throw count? State shot 15, Notre Dame shot 24. And Notre Dame shot, and what was the three-point count? The how many three-pointers? Yeah. They
1: only shot 19, so that's obviously a step in the right direction. The last game was something ridiculous, though. And Notre Dame jacked up 28. So they got nine more threes and nine more free throws. That was, that was their attempts, but for yeah. Threes, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean, attempts. Yeah. I, I, I just, see where you're going.
0: I don't get, like. It don't make sense to me people either. People love to talk about, and it was the same thing after the Wake Forest game. People love to talk about State's not attacking the rim. They're taking too many threes. But these other teams are taking a bunch of threes, too, and they're right. still getting to the line. Yeah. And somebody brought it up that it's because State's players don't fall. I never noticed this, but it obviously like the flopping is the big deal in the NBA that right. everybody complains about. And not to say other players are flopping, but State's players don't fall down. And I never noticed it until somebody pointed it out, and then I realized it. They, you, you have to maul one of State's players. Devin Daniels, CJ right. Bryce, Torin Dorn. They don't fall when they go to the rim. Yeah, right? all you named all those three, and then you can add some more.
1: I love the way they go to the basket strong. You know, they're looking to score, and they're not going to bank on getting, uh, like, they're not going to bank on getting fouled just to get some points. They want to go to the bucket. But at the same time, like you are saying, you know, you've got to show a little something, or you're probably not going to get any whistle. So
0: That's exactly it. I keep an eye on that as we move forward. I, I, I just, I think that's a perfect explanation for it. You know, like, they don't fall down. You're not going to call a foul. It makes perfect sense. And then... There was that three-pointer at the end of regu- at the end of regulation that they called Braxton Beverly for. Right. And I never saw a replay of it. But in real time, it just didn't even. Look yeah, it close. didn't look like much there, especially the way the
1: game was being played. You know, a few points closer and maybe Notre Dame's able to get within a possession there at the end, and that would have been a real bummer. So, you look at that. Some things that you'd like to see cleaned up, maybe a little more consistency. But if State's gonna like pull off some of these wins, you know. Early, middle, late March. I think they're gonna need to get the strike more.
0: Yeah, I, and I'm with you. I I just don't know how what, how much, how many games State can win if these free th- if this free throw differential keeps up. I mean, you gotta do something. I get it. You foul a lot. That's fine. Right. That's not my complaint. My complaint is the differential. Right. So, I don't know. Maybe falling down is is the problem, and that's. I don't know. You're right. They're looking to score, not looking just to get to the line and. I think that could be the difference between State and a lot of other teams. They're looking to get to the line, and um, it helps. It works, especially against State, who's fouling a lot. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I mean, we'll see. I'm, I'm interested to see the foul differential when State plays Duke or right. uh, Virginia. Chapel maybe. Hill, Virginia, too, because Virginia is notorious for not being called right. for fouls. And um, so I don't know what'll happen there. And And speaking of Virginia, a lot of people like to talk about their struggles in the tournament. But I think one of their biggest struggles is the referees call games differently, right? Like they don't get around, they don't get away with the physical level of defense that they do in the ACC because the other refs aren't used to seeing that, kind of like in the Big Ten. Like they play that same physical style of defense where they get away with a lot in conference play. Right. Then you go into March and you're not getting away with it as much. But um.
1: yeah, you'd like to see a consistency from officials across the country. But, you know, at the same time, with different governing bodies being the conferences, that's just really hard to do. Uh, so that does make it difficult come the NCAA tournaments. just like I guess I'm assuming you're just randomly assigned a league official from a league that's different from the two teams playing or something. Yeah. But whatever yeah. it is, like it probably doesn't work out for the best for some teams just because they're used to playing one way and have to play a different way
0: in the tournament so yeah we'll see what happens but i i don't know i just don't know how many more games state can win i mean they can probably go 9 and 9 or something like that right with the way these with the way the foul differential has gone but it's just going to be so tough especially as the schedule ramps up
1: yeah i don't think state's a team that looks to get to the line that often either the way they like to play up tempo you know they'd rather take the layup the two points finish through the contact and then play defense instead of slowing it down which if you can not foul a bunch on the other end and s- slow the di- the game down by yourself, excuse me, then it'll work out. But to continue giving teams, you know, 20-plus attempts at the foul line, it's not going to work out too well. So yeah, you either, have to, you either have to yourself, sorry, get to the stripe more or keep the other team from getting to the stripe and play faster. Obviously one of those two. State would probably rather have the second one, keep teams off the line if them themselves don't go. Yeah. But you have to have the first one if you don't have the second one. It's not. It's not really an option. Yeah. We'll see.
0: Uh, We'll see what happens. Next week, if the same thing happens again in the next couple games, we'll have to do some research on national free throw trends. But uh, regardless, State heads to Louisville on Thursday. And uh, I'll be honest, I didn't realize how good Louisville was. Right. They're they're top 20 in in Ken Palm, uh, which is advanced metrics. Um, It measures your efficiency offensively and defensively. Uh, State, I want to say, is 31 right now. They've been as high as 16 or 17 this year. But I just want to go ahead and say this. Louisville's in the first year with Chris Mack, who came from Xavier. He's going to do a great job there. I don't see this as a top-20 team. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they are a top-20 team. But if I'm not mistaken, this was just a patchwork roster put together, a lot like what State did last year. And now they've got a really good recruiting class next year, which is going to set, you know, set the foundation for the program. I wonder if this isn't a game where, and I feel like this has happened to State in each of the last, in football and basketball this year, where they were ranked high and the metrics said that they were, pl- that they were playing really well. But then at the end of the day, they weren't really that good. And then the competition rammed up and they yeah. fell a little bit. And I wonder if this isn't that type of game.
1: For Louisville or for State? For Louisville. Okay, yeah. I mean, Louisville obviously some good wins against Michigan State at home and then on the road impressive against Carolina. I don't think Carolina obviously didn't play well that game, but still a win's a win. So, uh, like you said, first-year coach, patched up roster. I think it's a team that obviously has some talent, but how consistent can they play, especially in conference play? And that's what you really need in the ACC is consistency. You know, if you want to win more than nine games, like playing super well one game and then poorly the next game, you might make it to 500, but I don't think anything above that. If you want to be above that, you have to play consistently. So we'll see from a young team if they're able to do that. You know, four and one to start, big win at Carolina. But the, we were talking earlier. You know, you got Miami. They won that one, lost to Pitt. Also, then they beat Boston College and Georgia Tech. So three out of your four conference wins don't, they don't tell the whole story. You know,
0: uh, to you me would, personally, no, no offense to them, but. I'm with you. And some of their losses, they've they've played some really close games. They lost to number one Tennessee by eleven. They lost to Marquette by three. I believe Marquette is ranked.
1: I think they're up to fifteen now.
0: Yeah. That's okay. guys. Okay, yeah, I think you might be right. They lost to Indiana by one. They lost to Kentucky by thirteen. And they lost to Pitt by three. That's a lot of close losses. Right. The state has a lot of has all three of their losses have been close. So, um, you know, I remember seeing this Louisville team play Kentucky, and I saw, I saw that Kentucky had. Uh, I wasn't sure how good Kentucky was. Saw Louisville struggle against them, and I was like, "All right, well," you know, kind of writing like writ wrote them off, kind of sorta, of, but not really. I guess if that makes sense. Um, thought they were similar to State last year, where like they'll they'll beat some teams, but you don't know if they're a tournament team. Right. Well, now clearly they're a tournament team, and that that win over Chapel Hill was was very impressive so you know I don't know I still don't wonder if they're playing a little bit over their heads and at some point like I said earlier I wonder if that comes back to bite them and I don't know if that's not this this Thursday
1: yeah the funny thing is it only takes one bad game uh for the whole mentality you know rhythm of a season to just fall in the tanks especially when you play tough games in and out like the ACC you know it only takes one to to basically fall off the wagon, and then it's almost like a domino effect. There's one state team, or probably multiple, but one I'm thinking of that that definitely happened to. So we'll see. Thursday would be tough. I think it'd
0: be tough for both
1: teams, honestly.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. <clears throat> um, it's a big game. Um, it really is. And I was looking at this yesterday. The standings. This is a big game, right? Moving forward for the ACC tournament uh, as well. And if State loses this game, State pretty much has to beat either Louisville or Chapel Hill. Right. If you want a shot at a top. Yeah, I, I was looking at, at, it at earlier it's State. it's
1: jam packed. Chapel Hill a great win last night against Virginia Tech. Shot the ball extremely well. So they're they're five and one in the conference but don't play again until next Tuesday. So most teams are gonna play two games to catch up or tie before Carolina plays again, so you can still see all these teams at the top. Carolina, Louisville, Syracuse, Virginia, Duke. I think they're all basically almost tied for first place. And then you've got Virginia Tech who dropped to 4-2. and two, Still a really good team. And then State's the only team at 3-2. and two, Other than that, Pitt, 2-3. and three, And then you go backwards from there. So in my mind, Virginia and Duke will definitely be... Not definitely, but if I had to guess two teams to get the double bye, I'd pick Virginia and Duke. And then you've got the rest of those teams I just listed fighting for those last two spots. Obviously, Carolina... Uh, looking to be the front runner for the three seed, so in my opinion, but it's going to be tough, like you said. You've got to pick up
0: some wins in the top half to get to that four seed. I look at the contenders for the top four seeds as Chapel Hill, Louisville, Duke, Virginia, NC State. I'd throw in I Virginia Tech, maybe. They've already oh, yeah, played. Sorry. They've already I played Virginia I've and Carolina. Them. They So Virginia. their two
1: losses are really. They're decent losses, or to decent teams. Well, they also got blown out in both
0: games. I I looked over Virginia Tech. You're right about that one. Okay. I don't know how serious I am about Syracuse. Yeah. But here here's my point is, if we assume Duke and Virginia are going to be the top two, right, then you're looking at Chapel Hill, Louisville, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, and NC State. If Syracuse and if NC State loses on the road to Louisville and Chapel Hill, you're two games back against both teams, and they have each tiebreaker against you. Right. So you're pretty much three games back. Yeah. season's not that long. You've got 12 games to finish finish three games better than Chapel Hill and Louisville. I don't know if State can do that. Yeah, definitely some
1: tough competition. I'd say, like you said, they have to beat either Louisville or Carolina on the road. Preferably both, obviously, but we'll see. Uh, Virginia Tech comes to town in, like, ten days. So after you play Carolina – You've got to come home and play Virginia Tech, and that'd be a big win because they're also fighting for that four seed. So, I lots know, of moving pieces. It's it's going to be tough, but I think it's doable.
0: And I believe Syracuse plays State at home too. Right? I think you're right, but I'm so not sure. So, you get Syracuse and Virginia Tech at home. Uh, state's at home for the State's at home Syracuse, Syracuse. Syracuse. Yeah, State game. And of course, Syracuse has the big win over Duke. So right. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I just think this game will go a long, long way towards determining yeah, whether or not State finishes top four. Because
1: so I think, uh, in my mind, Louisville State and Virginia Tech are fighting for the fourth seed. So you really want to be able to have the tiebreaker over both of them. If, that's, if so those are the teams third seed? Oh, I, I'm going to put Carolina. If yeah. they continue to shoot the ball 55% from the floor, I'm going to yeah. give them the three seed with yeah. no
0: questions asked. So, I think they've, they've been able to win some games where I think they haven't played their best if that makes sense. Like, they played their best against State and against Virginia Tech, but then at the same time, they were able to go on the road and beat Miami. They beat Notre Dame at home when they didn't play their best. Right. So, um, you know, that's that's a good sign for them. I still, I guess I'm still skeptical of them, but um, we'll see moving forward. Um, But they've got... A couple big wins out of the way, right? Uh, at NC State and Virginia Tech, and so they still have two games against Duke, uh, a game against Virginia, I believe, uh, and still NC State still comes to town. Uh, so that'll be big for them. But th- yeah, like I said, this stretch right here—I um, know we talked about the five-game stretch after Chapel Hill the first time, and that stretch is almost. Well, two more games left. So right. states two and one through through that stretch. So obviously, two more would get you to four and one, which is what we had talked about. Right. I think we need. both
1: said we both said three and two at an absolute minimum, but more like four and one if we're really going to sit here and be realistic. So that's still that's still in play. Uh, I think Thursday night's going to be tougher than Saturday. Obviously, you're on the road. That's a tough turnaround to me to play all the way up in Louisville at 8 p.m. Just like logistics-wise, and have to come back. Probably won't practice Friday. Maybe a shoot-around, and then you play Friday midday. So. Saturday midday. Or Yeah, sorry. Saturday midday, 2 o'clock against Clemson. Yeah. That's just a unfortunate draw. Uh, but I think State's
0: obviously conditioned well enough to be able to pull it off, so we'll see. And you hope Markel Johnson is back either Thursday or Saturday. Right. <clears throat> I don't know if State has any chance in this game without Markel, but I also think Markel will be back. He traveled with the team, and they said I think he went through a light practice on Friday or something like that. So, if I, I yeah, if I had to guess, I'd say he's gonna play. You know, I, w- I would guess that five well. or six days
1: after a trip where he traveled and tried to go through warm ups or I don't know at
0: least participate in the shooter round. So it's been two weeks. Yeah. Well, th- well, Thursday will be twelve days. Yeah. So, um, we remember the could be a couple days, could be a couple weeks timeline. Well, we're approaching the couple weeks now. Right. So, um. State's been able to keep their head above water without him, which is pretty much all you can ask for. But um, we'll see. I I pulled up Louisville stats, um, and they're pretty good at offense and defense. Uh, they average 79.9 per game, which is fourth in the ACC, and they allow 68.8. The point differential there isn't great. It's 11, but you look at their schedule. Their schedule, their non-conference schedule, was 29th in the country, according to Ken Palm. So a plus 11-point uh, plus differential against, once you throw in ACC play, the 14th best schedule in the country. Tells you that team's legit. You yeah. know, State averages 86.1 and allows 69.3, so that's a 17-point differential. But at the same time, State played probably the worst schedule in the country. Right. So I think it's hard to read too much into that, but it looks like it'll be a high-scoring game. Yeah, I think that's what State
1: wants, you know. We sit here every game and say if State gets up into the upper 80s, well, I think they have a really good chance to win. But I especially think for this game, you know, I think they can outscore Louisville. Uh, It's just all up to the defensive side, you know. If Louisville really plays some solid defense, they'll probably win the game because State's just been in a, a struggle without Markell offensively, in my opinion. Just not looking like they did in the beginning of the season. Obviously,
0: you're playing better defenses, but still. Yeah, I, I think you need uh, you need a big game from Braxton Beverly. He hasn't played well in a while. Um, he's hit some big shots, which you know he's always going to do, but um, I think State definitely... He's from Kentucky, so if there's any game he's going to play well, you know it's going to be the one in Kentucky. So. Yeah, so ESPN-FPI gives uh, Louisville a 64% chance to win. I looked the other day, and it was at like 60, so I wonder what happened uh, to make it go up. I think they destroyed Georgia Tech. That's probably what it was, but... Um, I don't know. We'll see. I think it's a, uh, it's a big game, like yeah. we mentioned. I have a weird good feeling about this. I really do. And I'll I'll preface this by saying, every time I've had a weirdly good feeling about other games, state has just been destroyed. Yeah. So, um, I think last week when after state lost to Wake, we did the podcast.
1: We did an episode, and I said I think state wins out come before Virginia comes to town. So I'm gonna stick with that. Just so if they do it, it'd look really cool for me. You know. <laughs> uh, I think they win the next two, before UVA comes. It'll probably be. I think it'll be really close Thursday. Going to come down to free throws and defense. But Saturday, I think State wins easily. We'll see. Coming back home first time in two weeks. I think that'll be really good for, for the team. Yeah,
0: we'll see what the free throw differential is. I hate to be that guy. You're that guy. But, but you have to be that guy sometimes. So it, you win on the road. You're. Good luck beating a top twenty team in the country. Right, giving up ten plus, giving up ten or foul, more foul free, foul throws. shot attempts. Yeah. So, I see where you get. I'll I'll pick Louisville on Thursday and State on Saturday. Okay. Um, just because I don't trust my gut and my gut <laughs> says that State wins and I've just been wrong every time. Yeah. So I'll uh, uh, I'll take Louisville in a close one, but um, you know we'll see. I feel like this is the type of game where. Like, everybody's going to be talking about Louisville and forget about State, and State could just easily s- swoop in and right. steal it. Right,
1: which is funny because they're in the AP poll, which I don't like the AP poll anyway, but they're still ranked ahead of Louisville in the AP poll, so that would be kind of ironic, but I definitely see what you're saying.
0: Yeah. I mean, Louisville, Louisville deserves to be ranked. They probably should be ranked higher than State at this point because um, they've got some real quality wins. Yes. So, um, you got anything else to add? Not for basketball, so. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Football? Uh, I knew I should have. Uh, I knew last
1: week I said I should know better than to bet against Tom Brady. And I almost pulled it off, too. I almost had the Rams and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, which had been real nice. But uh, I should have listened to you. Yeah, I was I close, you. you know. I was never worried. I knew the, the Chiefs had a good enough offense to come back in the second half, and they did that. And if uh, whoever it was was offsides on the interception, they would have won the game. So,
0: not blaming him, but, you know, a little disappointed there. <laughs> yeah. And then they had the uh, Saints Rams game that was decided on that controversial call. I'll be honest, I thought in real time I did not think it was, the penalty was that bad. Right. Right. Like I thought it was just a toss up. Like I think he was gonna catch it either way, but I guess that's not the point of the penalty, you know? Right. At
1: real. T- it depends on which camera angle. The one they like to show on the news, it looks like the ball's five yards away, when in reality it's running right past his hand. I feel like at contact or really close, you know,
0: is. It, yeah, was, I don't it know. was a bad call. It just didn't right. look as bad to me in real time. Yeah, I agree. I it
1: wasn't the best call. So, but there weren't that game was bad across the board. So, missed calls everywhere. Yeah. And Sa- be, yeah. Whatever. Saints
0: still could have won the game. So you can't. Yeah. Can't blame you, on you
1: that. You had the ball first in overtime. Get over yourself. You know exactly. The Saints are suing the NFL or something. So. Yeah. I Remember. don't know. They would. They want to. They want to be able to review pass interference calls now, and if they keep reviewing plays, it's going to take six hours to play a football game. It's going to be ridiculous.
0: But the Refereeing is just bad everywhere. you got to yep. deal with it uh so. that'll do it. i guess we can do a super bowl pick next week right yeah because we have a week off we could do pro bowl <laughs> I, I don't care. do about people the watch that anymore no the pro bowl is the worst the skills challenge bad. is I
1: actually mean. kind of fun to watch now and, you know dodgeball and yeah. philip river's always out there hitting those moving targets he's really
0: good at that so. yeah, yeah I, I don't care about the pro Bowl. no one does all right anything else ah that's it you know big week so yeah, big week for uh, both basketball teams, really. Right. Both playing on Thursday night. And then uh, State Coast club set on Saturday, obviously. But that'll do it for us this week. Make sure you check back again next week for another edition of The Howler. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of PAC-TV. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu sports.